0: hello and welcome to dfs coach talk today is sunday november the 7th and i am here to talk to you about nba dfs on a sunday i know people are focusing on the nfl but sunday is an awesome day to play nba dfs trust me a lot of that residual money comes over from football and uh, the pots get nice and big a lot of good cash game plays so, I'm excited to go over this with you today. I am, by the way, Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And hopefully, you set your clocks back um, last night. If you didn't and you're listening to this, you got to get out there and do that now so you don't mess up your times for lock and everything else. So, uh, there you go. There's your fair warning for the day on setting those clocks back to make sure you get in your DFS locks on DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo, which we uh, supply for all three, by the way. We give a really adept coach's clipboard with some highlighted players and some additional guys to fill in your roster. And then we give full uh, cash slash hybrid lineups and GPP lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo. So, Excited about the slate today, not happy about last night's, so it broke my string of 300-plus uh, DFS NBA nights, and uh, don't want to even talk about Russ Westbrook and some of the you know things that did not go well, because the great thing about DFS is, guess what, fresh start today, brand new, and we go right in and we kick some tail. Uh, it was fun watching that Boston-Dallas game. I know Dirk over here was celebrating. He jumped off the wall when Luca hit that long three to win it at the buzzer. That was a lot of fun. Um, but getting uh, getting a little old dirt, tired of throwing you back up there. But you know what? We'll take it when we can get a fun buzzer beater like that. All right. We have a very interesting slate. One thing I want to let you know right off the bat, it's an odd start time and we're getting out a lot on Sunday. So you got to start getting used to that. It's a 6 p.m. Eastern lock, so it's an hour early than normal during the week. You know, and and there is one early game in the afternoon that's right square in the middle of everything else going on. So we're going to focus on that seven game, which is a great size NBA uh, DFS main slate. All right. We're diving in. I know you need guys need this information and gals. All right, first game, here we go. It is the Utah Jazz and the Orlando Magic. Utah's a big 12 and a half point favorite and uh, it's a 212 and a half over under, so not very healthy over under there at all. You've got an implied total for Utah 112 and a half for Orlando uh, just 100. Um, as far as the records and injuries in this uh, on this game, You've got Utah, at an impressive seven and two, and Orlando coming in at two and eight, and definitely just trying to learn the ropes as a young team. Injury wise, for Utah, Rudy Gay is actually uh, probable, so that will affect a little bit of the rotation if he's in there at all. Uh, Hughes is questionable. For Orlando, uh, this is the big one: Cole Anthony questionable, and that. Definitely shuffles the deck for Orlando because he's been flat out their best player. I mean, it's not even close. He's been fantastic. So if he sits, uh, we got to really look at at the depth chart here and talk about that. Uh, Bristakis, who doesn't get in much, if at all. Iggy is questionable. Then still out the same foursome here of Carter Williams, Fultz, Isaac, and more. All right, let's look at a couple of things in this game. First of all, from a um, pace standpoint, and anybody that tells you like 10 games isn't a decent sample size, I get it. The industry has a tendency to want like hundreds of games, dumping optimizer, crunching numbers out, but that's not accurate. I, I think 10 games is a, is a proper enough sample size uh, for this season, and that's about where teams are at. And the reason I say that is if you're looking at the statistics from these teams from last year regarding pace, defensive efficiency, et cetera, a lot of the players have changed. I mean, I always use the Lakers as an example. Nine of their 12 uh, main guys in their rotation changed from last year. So we're going to dive into these numbers each day going forward now that we have enough to really see where these teams are trending. And there's a lot of differences than there used to be. So we're going to talk about uh, with our statistical analysis today, pace, because, of course, a couple more possessions literally DFS wise can make a difference. And then team defensive efficiency, which I think is the best defensive barometer for how teams are holding uh, other teams at bay or giving up a lot of points. Okay, so again, we have this low over under in the first game. Uh, and some of the reason being as far as pace goes. Utah is 17th, Orlando 18th, so both a little slower than normal, and then defensively, Utah's tough as always. They're sixth in the league, so that's uh, a a tough deterrent for Orlando, especially if they're uh, without Anthony. Orlando only 26th, so that does give uh, Utah big edge. You know, the question is, does this game blow out? That the line's 12 and a half, big line, low number. So this is a re- really truthfully a game to as ignore as much as possible. Um, if we look at particularly if Cole sits, that definitely elevates Jalen Suggs at 4.7. So you can consider him. Terrence Ross would get a little extra run at 3.8, but it's a little. Uh, shaky. R.J. Hampton would get some more run at 3.2. Gary Harris at 3.1. But those guys, you know, a seven-game slate is healthy. I mean, those may be GPP plays uh, at best. And then from the Utah side, you know, you've got a fair price on Conley at 6.6. Donovan Mitchell at 9.3 is a little high. Don't particularly want to go there. Uh, Rudy Gobert at 8-8 and Mo Bamba at 7, the two real big fellas. Um, I expect them to neutralize each other a bit. I think there'll be less possessions because of the better defense here. So I want that Cole Anthony news to see if I can pick up a value piece for Orlando. Um, The only guy I'd really consider because he's been hotter lately is Bogdanovich. He's 5.4 for Utah, but he's so hit or miss. Uh, almost want to just come out of this game without uh, any stress and not worrying about it. All right, that that game does start at 6 p.m. Eastern, by the way. So let's look at uh, game number two. It is the Indiana Pacers at Sacramento Kings. It's also a 6 o'clock Eastern game. This should be a close one. According to Vegas, Sacramento minus 2. 222 and a half over under, so solid. Implied total for Indiana, 110.25. For Sacramento, 112.25. So two good over unders, uh, nothing to avoid there. As far as records, Pacers off to a rough start at three and seven. Kings of surprising start at five and four. They've actually played pretty decently. Some of that reason they've, they're over 500 is they don't have any injuries. So that's one plus for the Kings. As far as um, the Pacers, you've got uh, Probable and Jackson. T- big questionable with Brogdon. Very important news there. Also questionable with Lamb, which, which affects that rotation big time. And then we know TJ Warren's been out forever. Um, let's look at the pace in this game. This makes it Interesting. And the defense makes it interesting. So this is going to be a, a game where I want to definitely look at rostering a piece or two from each side. As far as pace, Indiana 13th, Sacramento 6th. So when you have De'Aaron Fox, I don't think you can be slower than that. But here's the defensive thing that's a little surprising on the Indiana side, at least. They're 23rd defensive efficiency in Sacramento, 22nd. So they are not getting it done, which is surprising because Carlisle's a defensive coach-minded guy, so he can't be happy with that output from Indiana. But they have had uh, a slew of injuries. They played the beginning of the season without Lavert. Brockton's been in and out of the lineup, so it's been a little bit of a tougher uh, chore there. So where do we want to go here? This, again, is a really good game to roster. I think uh, I really want to have exposure here. If Brogdon's in and not on restrictions, I think he's playable. If he sits, then you have to look at T.J. McConnell. He's up to 5'3", but he's he's tough in there um, you know, when, when Brogdon's out. Brogdon's 8'5", so I doubt I'm going to go there even if he's healthy, but this is a good matchup for him. Uh, Chris Duarte has seen a little bit of, of you know uh, regression, and that's normal because Karis Levert's back. Uh Duarte's 5'4", and Karis LeVert is 6'9". So LeVert's price is growing. I still think he's a good play. He's going to be into consideration for me here. Then, you know, do you go with the bigs? I think, you know, this could be a Sabonis game. I haven't been on him for the last week, and he's due for one of his 60-burger kind of games. But you're going to need that because he is 9.4 on DraftKings. So, you know, a consideration there. Um, and I'm hoping I can fit him in. He is one of my priority buy-ups. Miles Turner's up to 6.2 now. He was super cheap there in the fives for quite a while. So, uh, not as excited about him on the Sacramento side, you know, Darren Fox, 8.7. I mean, he's always playable. I will say though, Brogdon defense, if he plays, uh, is tough. McConnell's defense is decent. So, I don't know at 8.7 until I see Fox knocking down some more outside shots if he's, if I'm really going to go there. Uh, Halliburton, Harkless, just haven't gotten it done. Um, Harrison Barnes at 7.5 is expensive. He really is expensive. But uh, I think the, he's got a good matchup here. He can hit that corner jumper, can knock down some threes. And with Sabonis and Turner at the bigs, uh, they're gonna have to do some shuffling to try to get out and defend him. So uh Barnes is a bit of a target for me today at that mid level uh pricing. And I think he'll be lowly uh, low owned as well. Rashawn Holmes at 7.3 is a possibility, a little higher than I'd like in this matchup. Uh and Buddy Heal's up to 6K, which um, you know, or down to 6K, I should say. So he's at a price now where you can plug him in. He's still second on this team in usage uh, to Fox. So it's not as though he's not getting his shots up. So uh, I think he's a, a decent, sneaky play that you can get at pretty low ownership. Okay, we go to game three. Um, this game is a two-hour uh, – It's no, it's the same time. So we've got three, four, four six o'clock games. This is the third one. Milwaukee Bucks at Washington Wizards, Milwaukee minus three, 221 and a half over under, so very solid. Bucks with a real nice 112.25 implied. Wizards at a 109.25, so again, uh, a game that can get up and down the floor. Uh, The Bucks are under 500, four and five. They played with a lot of injuries this year. Washington, an impressive six and three. A lot lot of people saw that coming, uh, but... Uh, they're, they're playing some good ball. Injury-wise, Milwaukee, Grayson Allen questionable, which does make a difference. Out, we know DiVincenzo, Lopez, and Middleton. For Washington, we have four guys out, Bertans, Bryant, Hashimura, and Winston. So let's take a look at this matchup uh, from a couple different angles here. The Bucks. Uh, are fifth in pace. They were fast all last year. They're repeating that again, even with their injuries. Washington, 18th. So they have actually slowed it down a lot compared to last year, a little bit below average. Defensively, though, this is the shocker. I mean, Washington was in the bottom three, I think, all entire defensive efficiency season last year in the NBA. They were terrible defensively. They're 10th. Top 10 defensive team. What a great job uh, the Bickerstaff has done there. So their 10th defensively, Milwaukee, though, is only 18th. And that was the thing. Their calling card last year was fast-paced, great defense. Uh, and that defense just isn't there. And a lot of it's because they played games without Holiday. They've had so many injuries. So l- let's face it, they're, that 18 will get better as they start getting guys back. But for the purposes of this game, it definitely brings some players into play. Um, From the Milwaukee side, you know, with Drew Holiday back at 6.4, I think he's a good consideration. Um, We don't know what the news is on Grayson Allen, but uh, we've got a couple of decent plays here. I mean, if you want to go super cheap and get some minutes from some guys off the bench, you can, or starting, I mean, either way, You have Conanton at 4-4, Thanasis at 3-2, Hill at 3-9, Bobby Portis at 4-6, and even Jordan Awara at 4-5. So, you know, with Middleton still out of the mix there, some of those guys are going to share some minutes. I'm not personally going there because I see a lot of sharing of all those guys, but not a bad GPP play for a couple of these guys if you can pick out, you know, the right one. Uh, I think the focus just needs to stay on Giannis at 11-4 and Holiday at 6-4. Um, not sure that I'm going to pull the trigger with Giannis this time. I know that this is a great matchup, and without Middleton, his usage is off the chart. But, I mean, he's been steady. He's been good. But he hasn't you know, been paying off these 11 dollars and $12,000 uh, tags to the point where uh, you know, he's a no-brainer. So he's in contention for me, but not sure that I'm going to go there. On the Washington side, I think, uh, you know, I'm not going Dinwiddie with Holiday defense, uh, although Holiday may play Beal part of the time. So that that creates a situation where I don't want Beal at 9-2. I think Dinwiddie's playable if he gets, you know, uh, secondary defense from Hill or whomever it is. But 6'7 is still a little bit too high for me. Um, KCP at 4'2, not quite going to go there. I think, you know, the guys that are a little bit interesting are Kyle Kuzma at 6'6, who's, you know, he's been rebounding so much better and and getting up and down the floor. And I think Montrez Harrell at 6'5 is fair. I know he's in a timeshare with Daniel Gafford, but uh, we are due for uh, a good Montrez Harrell game. And let's face it, you know, with Brooke Lopez out, They're really not playing a center. I know Giannis can play any position he wants, but they don't have a true just pounding, rebounding center, and Harrell will beat you up a little bit in the paint. So I think as a flyer at 6'5", people are going to be afraid to spend that on him with the split minutes, but I think he could be uh, a very nice play today. All right, we go to the last game at that weird 6 p.m. Eastern start. And that is the Cleveland Cavaliers against the New York Knicks. Knicks are favored by seven and a half. It's a 209 and a half total implied for Cleveland, 101 Knicks, 108.5. So uh, interesting matchup here again. And Cleveland is six and four. How about that? I mean, they have been phenomenal this year. They really have. I am so impressed. Uh, with the job that that, that team has done, uh, Knicks are six and three. So, team, two winning teams. Cleveland out is love marketing, remains out, and Acoro remains out. Uh, Knicks report no uh, injuries. So, how do we look at this? Let's take a look statistically first. Cleveland is 22nd in pace, the Knicks are 24th. So, that's a red flag for me. Definitely concerned because you get quite a few less defense, uh, DFS possessions. So in other words, there's going to be points that would normally be there that aren't going to be because of the lack of possessions uh, with two teams at that slow of a pace. Defensively, a little bit of hope here. This will shock people, too. Cleveland's 12th defensively. Would you believe the Knicks are 21st? So the Knicks have, have struggled. On defense. I don't know if it's because they've they've had all three of their centers hurt at chunks of time already this season in Robinson, Gibson, and uh, who is the third guy? Noel. So those guys, you know, maybe that is hurting their interior defense, but they're not statistically defending anywhere near like they did last year. So this game, you know, some interest here. You've got some good uh, value there, Darius Garland I would think is always fair at 6-4 uh, Sexton even at 5-8 and on the other side Kemba Walker at 5-5 five, five, and Evan Fournier at 5'4. Four. so neither one of these backcourts are good defensively and I do think a lot of that 18 uh, ranking for defense uh, or uh, for the Knicks are the reason being is uh I'm sorry, twenty-first defensively. So even worse than that. Uh, that a lot is has to do with that new backcourt for them with Walker and Fournier. That in combination with the centers, you know, rotating out. But uh, I think you know it puts those four guards into play is what I'm saying. I think you could easily make the choice. You know, I may go on Garland Walker a combination, and you know, you're getting f- super value there. Again, it's not a super high-scoring game. They do rotate guys. The thing with taking walkers, you know, Derek Rose has been playing fantastic ball, too. And he's only at 4'8". So if you pick the right guy on the right day, they can do well. But it is scary. It almost makes you want to just stay GPP-ish with that backcourt from the Knicks. Um, same thing with Cleveland. Gar- Garland, Sexton, and Rubio are all playing uh, good minutes. Really, Garland's sort of the minutes winner there. Rubio's carved a little bit more into the Sexton. Um, Dean Wade, probably going to get the start again again as the third small forward uh, with the other two guys out. Uh, you know, with uh, Markinen and Okoro out. So Dean Wade at 3-4 is an option. I think, you know, he's got the potential to, to get it done. Jetty Osmond, everybody loves to play Jetty Osmond in DFS. to get to some other big numbers, probably not going to go there, but I wouldn't mind having a, a backcourt player from each side in this game. All right, let's go to the San Antonio Spurs. Well, we've got three games left, so I real quickly here, if you're watching this on YouTube, hit a thumbs up, hit the subscribe button if you haven't subscribed already, hopefully you have, and give us a quick comment. That's super appreciated. I know it takes a few seconds, but just anything. Enjoyed the pod. If you have a question, let's crush it today. Whatever. Uh, that combination of subscribing, giving us a thumbs up and then making a comment uh, really helps us move up the algorithm on YouTube. And while you're at it, hit that little bell, the alarm button up in the top corner. That'll give you uh, a quick alert, an alarm to let you know when any of our podcast posts, which we're posting uh 11 podcasts per week. We've got seven-day-a-week NBA podcasts in front of the paywall. Three solid NFL podcasts with our strong team of Andrew Hansen, Omaha Joe Stanton, and Josh Crash Davis. And then we have uh, Andrew and I hit that PGA Weekly every Wednesday, and we've been kicking tail in PGA. We've got some good lineups going today, uh, so hopefully we see those through And the good thing about our PGA is we're giving out full lineups after that podcast on Wednesdays for the full tournament. And then we give out weekend-only lineups for PGA Friday night for the weekend action. So good stuff. Uh, If you're listening to us audio-wise on Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeart, wherever you listen to your podcasts, Please take a second. We have a contest once a month. We choose a full week all access member for all the people that listen to us audio wise and take the time to give us a five star top rating, whatever on your particular podcast landing spot, and then make a quick comment. Uh, Loved it, whatever, hated it, you know, whatever you want to put as long as we get you qualify for that contest. I don't know if we want to put you in the contest if you say hate it, but no. We if you if you put the uh, if you just click on that, give us the rating, put a comment, then our man Omaha Joe will pull uh, random the randomizer out and get one lucky weekly member uh, from our audio listeners. Uh, also if you want to join us at DFS Coach Talk, DFScoachtalk.com, go to our website, all our membership opportunities are there. Fantastic time to join. I mean, this just in the heart of basketball, in the heart of football, golf really firing on all cylinders. And we cover the, the the main four sports here. We don't try to, you know, go out there and just throw a bunch of garbage at the wall with these crazy sports that uh, are very difficult. I don't think very many people are experts in some of them, but it is what it is. We just want to give you a consistent way for sustainable growth of your bankroll in DFS. And we believe focusing on the four main sports, basketball, football, baseball, and golf, that we can provide t- to you uh, the information you need, the lineups you need, the clipboards that you need to get this done. So we'd love to have you try us out. You can get as little as a three-day pass for $10 or a five-day for 19 and it will give you a really good sample of all of our sports. So we would love to have you. All right, here we go. Three games left. We have now a 7 Eastern game, a regular kind of starting time uh, game here. The San Antonio Spurs at the Oklahoma City Thunder. San Antonio is a road favorite by four. It's a two eleven over under. 107.5 for the Spurs. Uh, we have 103.5 for the Thunder. So this uh not one of the games that jumps off the sheet to you. Two teams not playing very good basketball at all. Uh, uh, we've got uh, the Spurs at three and six, and the Thunder at two and six, uh, remaining out for the Spurs, Collins, and of course, Pirtle. Um, and then Gabriel Deck is questionable for the Thunder. We have not seen him this year. So it creates a couple of interesting situations here. Let's first of all talk about pace because. San Antonio playing at breakneck pace for them. But with, you know, with DeJounte Murray and Derek White pushing the ball, they're third in the league in pace. Oklahoma City, middle pack at 14th. Defensively, San Antonio is ninth and Oklahoma City 25th. Um, so let's let's see here. At, at the number that they are, 211, that creates a little bit of concern. We've got uh, some overpriced guys, in my opinion. I think DeJounte Murray at 9-1 is just too much. He is awesome, but that's too much for me. Derek White at 6-3, you can consider, but he does not smash his number uh, on a very consistent basis. I've gone the cheap route with Doug McDermott a few times. It's risky. It paid off once. It didn't pay off the other time. He's only 4K, though. Keldon Johnson at 5-5 is a pretty good play. He's one of the top three usage players on this team. So you can consider Keldon Johnson. Um, the other question is the big, Drew Eubanks and Thad Young. That's been the million-dollar question since Pertle went out. And I've I've played Drew Eubanks. He, he got to the number easy last time at the 4.4K uh, number. I think he's the better play just because of cost. I do really like Thad Young, and he's picking up the slack but he's 5'7", so that's just a little bit high for me for a guy that's going to split minutes there. So, uh, you know, not really doing somersaults for the Spurs side. On the Thunder side, I think you have some playable commodities here. Uh, not going to go Shea at the big 8'6'' number. DeJounte Murray is a heck of a good defender. Um, Dort at a cheap 4'6'' can throw in a decent game. He's worth considering. Uh, Josh giddy has been tough. He is up to 6'3". But it's, you know, he's a triple-double guy uh, possibility. At some point here soon, he's going to get one, and he's getting great minutes. Um, Baisley at that cheap 4-7 uh, number is always a, a possibility. He can throw a double-double up very easily. Uh, sort of like him a little bit today uh, at that cheaper price. And other than that, <clears throat> this just isn't a great game. All right, we have two evening games p.m. Eastern, the Houston Rockets at the Golden State Warriors. So these last two games are are pretty interesting, pretty juicy, as we say, in the coach talk world here on on wanting to play some people. Houston Rockets uh, are a 13-point underdog. That's your concern in this game. Everything else is good. So do they get blown out? 103.75 for Houston and a smashing 116.75 for the Warriors, which is the highest implied total on the entire slate. Uh, we know Golden State's out to a phenomenal start. They're 7-1. and one. Uh, Houston, not so much. 1-8, and eight, as they need uh, a lot of improvement there. Um, as far as injuries go for on their side of the ball, we have probable for House, and we know John Wall is not suiting up this season. Uh, Golden State out, Iguodala, Clay Thompson, and Mr. Weissman. So how do we do looking here on pace? It is very fun to look at this on pace. If it stays close enough, you've got Houston, the second fastest team in the league, and Golden State, the seventh. So extra possessions, a bunch of three-point shooters, uh, definitely interested here. Uh, Houston is somewhat... Um, excuse me um (coughs) a double sneezer so we're going to have to elevate this game to another level and roster some guys here sneeze alert um so there's going to be a lot of points flying here i think you know the one thing houston's defense is 17th so it's not as bad as people think it's not good still a little bit below uh, middle of the pack but golden state's number one so you know that is a concern. Uh, I, I do like this game though. I, I really do. I think that Houston just can play at that breakneck speed and throw up a lot of shots. And I think their prices are great for gold for Houston. These are the guys I'd consider right off the bat. Kevin Porter, 6'3, Jalen Green at 5'5, and Christian Wood at 9K. I think those three are very fairly priced. I like their spots in the lineups. And those are the three guys I'm going to key on. You can't go, you know, Tate's cheap, uh, Tyson's and Zengun or sharing time. Eric Gordon is a, a more of a GPP guy, but Porter Green and, and Wood could definitely have two of those guys tonight, even against the top defense of, of Golden State. That might that's why their price is down, and I think their their ownership may be down. Uh, is Curry worth paying up to at ten seven? I think he is definitely one of my considerations for that pay-up spot. This is a great situation for him. Jordan Poole at 5'8 has had some phenomenal games and some average games. He's almost starting to turn into a GPP play. Wiggins not interested in his inconsistency at 5'9. And I think Draymond's just a little overpriced at 7'4. I know he can get there with all these weird stats of Somehow making it to his number, but I'm just not going to press it at 7 4. Um, a punt GPP play might be Damian Lee at 3.8. He's gotten good minutes, and when pool's not hitting, Lee gets some extra minutes and he closes games. So, some interest there. All right, the last game on the slate Charlotte Hornets, LA Clippers. Uh, Clippers favored by five and a half. It's a 222 and a half over under. Hornets a 108.5 implied total, and the Clippers 114, which is a very nice number there. Um, as far as how these two teams have been performing of late, you've got um, Charlotte at five and five, Clippers at four and four. So I'm not a great mathematician, but I think they're both 500. Uh, so. Good matchup here and a fun one to watch. You got some good players on both sides. As far as statistically from pace, you got to love this as well. They're second in the combination of best pace to Houston Golden State, with Charlotte being fourth and the Clippers being eighth. So, Clippers actually playing faster without Kawhi uh, not setting up for that half court uh, deal. You know, Reggie's pushing it more, Bledsoe's pushing it more. So, I do like this game too. I, I do like the two late games a lot today. Defensively, it's exciting because Charlotte's second to last defensively. That's their Achilles heel. They'd be in, have a really good record if they could defend. The problem is the Clippers, though. That's the only thing that's a little bothersome here. They're second in the league. Even without Kawhi, they are locking people down. So, uh, a little bit of a concern there. Um, Let's talk about this as far as, you know, where are we looking from a cost standpoint? Um, LaMelo Ball at 8-9, just quite past the, a little bit too expensive for me to play mark. Um, a little bit more interested in possibly uh, looking at Miles Bridges at the big number at 8-1. I mean, he'll get some Batum defense. I get it. And Batum can defend and extend out. But he's played good. He's played well. He did not play well for me the other day. That's why I'm stubborn and almost want to stay on him. But, uh, you know, not positive I'm going to go there, but he's in consideration. Uh, Hayward at 6'8", I'm not going to go at because he's going to get Paul George defense, although he's he's been performing to his number. Rogier's the one that really let me down the other day. He doesn't look completely right just yet. Um, he'll have a breakout game, one of these games, but I'm not going to risk the 6-3 uh, to go there. The Clippers side really is, is more palatable to me. I think Reggie Jackson at 6-2 is very fair. I think Eric Bledsoe might might be the value on the slate at 4-4, so that's a really nice spot to go to. Um, Paul George at 10-4, you know, Charlotte's defense defense is terrible. George is George has one of the better uh, usage numbers in the league. And he wouldn't be your worst choice for for big payup. I think a lot of people will be afraid to play him. His ownership's been down because his price is so high. But if there's a way to fit him in, I think he's a good payup option. I really do. Not interested in all the splits between Batum, Zubac, man, Kennard, Abaka back in the mix, Hartenstein getting good minutes off the bench. Just too much sharing of the basketball uh for me all right that is it my friends seven up seven down if you're uh if you forgot to do it and you wanted to do it on the way out quick thumbs up uh subscribe give us a, qu- a quick uh comment uh, we'd really appreciate that we'd even appreciate it more if you came to join us at dfs coach talk we have a phenomenal uh group of members great discord information uh, we've partnered this season with Pro Football Focus, so our man John Wehausen is going to be posting. He already has all of the NFL information and statistical analysis uh, for, for the NFL on Sunday. Um, try us out at Coach Talk. We're different than anywhere else. We we focus on building your bankroll, not trying to max enter and spend $10,000 to max enter a million contests to try to take down a millimaker. If you want to do that, cool. We're really more, we're hand-building lineups, a couple lineups a day. We're working hard throughout the day to build those. And we're giving you uh, one that you can play in your cash and single-entry GPP lineups. And then we're giving you one that you can take those uh, big lottery ticket kind of hit on the millimaker. Maker. So uh, we treat it as a side business here for our members. We want you to, to be investing money into DFS in the likelihood of making profit and making long-term profit. Uh, you know, if you're doing DFS just strictly for fun and just throwing it in there and not caring, you know, I. if you have those kind of funds to just keep throwing in there blindly, go for it. But I know our members are con- concerned with, hey, I love playing DFS, but I don't want to reload constantly. And that's what we do differently here at Coach Talk. We'll work with you I'll, I'll spend a one-on-one i've done that with most of our members to talk about our coach talk process which really is all about bankroll management and contest selection those two things are more important or just as important as the players you use to fill out your roster so come join us at coach talk we'd love it we would love seeing our our members win and uh, hopefully you can join us so Appreciate you very much. If you haven't caught our NFL podcast and you're seeing this Sunday morning, jump over there and check out that. Uh, Crash Davis and Andrew Hansen have a great NFL pod uh, before those games get started today. So fantastic. Enjoyed spending this time with you. I hope uh, you got some good NBA plays out of it. And we will definitely be back with you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in DFS.